Today's episode of Talking Wolves is brought to you by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. That's right, Matt, and Green King Sport venues are showing every single one of Wolves' televised fixtures across the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're in Wolverhampton or Warrington, you won't miss a single minute of the action. Keep an eye out during the season for events, offers, content and competitions that put you closer to the action. But if you want to catch any of this week's football, get yourself down to your local Green King Sports Pub. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Talking Walls podcast. Hope you guys are keeping well and safe. My name is Dave and only the one co-host alongside me today we've got mr george russell george how you keep him i'm all right mate how are you yeah all good it's just the two of us today uh unfortunately due to other circumstances finn and matt can't be uh with us but obviously we'll we'll talk about that delightful game uh over the weekend we'll look ahead to everton and of course we'll answer your questions as well been up to much uh this week george i know obviously we're uh, courtesy of bud football they uh, sorted us out some tickets which you uh, took advantage of but uh up to much else uh last week no, nah, not to be honest with you. I'd, I was a bit unwell at the end of the week, uh, last week and stuff, so I was pretty bed-bound, if I'm honest with you, Thursday, mm. Friday. Got myself up for the, going to the Wolves game, and then I got back and just thought, what was the point why? in that? <laughs> why, <laughs> why, why? Um, yeah, no, to be honest with you, not a lot really. Just enjoying Premier League, well, just football being back on the telly. Mm. Um, just been yeah, watching a lot of sport, and uh, that's it really, to be honest with you, chilling out. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, again, just trying to keep yourself busy. Played a bit, quite a bit of football last week as well. I played um, I played smaller goals. And uh, I had a very good game as a keeper on uh, Friday, uh, which oh. uh, it was an enjoyable one. And then uh, one that uh, you know, got a few, a um, little bit of credit in the pub afterwards as well. But I won't uh, I won't get too big-headed anyway. Uh, but yeah, I agree. The amount of football on, I think Sunday, yesterday was quite good. Even Saturday, the two evening kickoffs, come back after the, yeah, yeah, uh, really the Wolves good. game, having two night games. So pretty uh, pretty good. But yeah, Joel, we may as well chat about that defeat it finished Wolves 1 Brighton 4 a disaster of a performance from Wolves and a result obviously a lot of um excitement I would say George after last week I know we lost against Manchester United but everyone took a hell of a lot of positives out of that performance and we're rubbing our hands together to seeing Gary O'Neill ball at Molyneux and it was a yeah a bit of a bit of a disaster in the end but sort of your quick thoughts on that on that performance overall I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, dis, uh, discuss it a lot more in a second um I think the score it wasn't as bad as the score line I think we've had a we had a real bad 10 minutes after the yeah. you know the start of the second half and you know completely killed us um I think the score line flattered Brighton a little bit I don't think we were as bad as what it suggests either but you know you don't take your chances at this level you get punished and you know Brighton were everything that Wolves want to be as a football club. Yeah. Play very, you know, aggressive front foot, pressing style football, but also very clinical in it as well. And yeah, I mean, the Zerbi's got them playing some fantastic stuff. And um, you know what? It was a privilege actually to watch them, uh, you know, down Molyneux. Um, I know that's quite a weird thing to say about your own team, but actually watching Brighton in transition and how, how they sort of picked us apart. Um, I thought they were phenomenal and um, probably the best team I've seen down Molyneux since we've come back up in the Premier League. You know, I think they were that good on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, 
There have been some good performances. I think City, when De Bruyne showed up as well, and, and not the four pastors. You know, there have been very good performances. But I think I, I sort of agree with you, and I, I mentioned that on I think my reaction, and that's sort of why I kept off social media because I think now it's almost forty-eight hours after the games happened, people have calmed down that little bit. I think we've realised and appreciated that Brighton are going to be towards the top end of the table, or at least you know both them and Manchester United will be fighting for European football. So there's no shame in defeat. I think it's just obviously the way that Wolves Wolves have gone about it on on Saturday. The you know, and, and like you said, uh, you know, there were there was that ten minutes, forty fifth minute to the fifty fifth minute, just pure stupidity from Wolves for the uh, straight off kickoff to give the ball away, and obviously Brighton a lot more ruthless. Uh, a lot more fight than Wolves. I think we made it easy for them in regards to the defensive yeah, side of things, which we'll talk about. Um, but the first goal, Jordan Mitoma, you know, he had N Nelson Samada's number last year, uh, especially at the game at Molyneux. Samada ended up, you know, getting sent off because Mitoma was getting the right side of him too many times. Um, and, you know, he, he just went from strength to strength last season. Now, Samada had a phenomenal game last Monday. So it's Sod's Law. I'm not going to say he struggled too much. I think that'd be harsh on Saturday, but you knew that Matoma was Matoma versus Samedo was going to be an interesting battle. But that first goal for him, and it wasn't just Samedo, it was two or three other players that Matoma just, you know, glided past. And it was a great goal from a Brian point of view, but Wolves would be surely really disappointed with that. Yeah, and I think Samedo again, I thought he started the game quite well against him. Up until the goal, I thought he was actually playing quite well against Matoma. And then I mean, the goal itself, I mean, in the in the stadium, it happened so quick, you're just like, wow. Like, it was just a turn of pace, and it was just like, that's an unbelievable goal. Yeah. I think looking back on the highlights and stuff, I mean, Semedo had his hand on, on him, on Matoma, let it go. Gomez has come across, could have took a yellow card, didn't, didn't want to engage with him. I mean, there's about 15, 20 metres gap between Dawson and Kilman that Matoma just ran through. Again, Kilman could have took him on the edge of the box as well. If I'm honest with you, let him go through. Um, and it's an unbelievable finish. I mean, seeing it from behind the goal as well, he's, he bent it from outside the post. In it's, it's just a very good goal if you're looking at it from that point of view. I think you know hindsight's a wonderful thing. I think Samedo, Gomez, Kilman looking back at it now, and I'm sure they will be looking back at it at Compton. They should have they should have took a yellow card. They should have just brought him down, taken the other card, and stopped it in in, yeah. in its tracks. Um, they didn't, and and you know. This, this sort of level of football, you get punished. And, you know, he's a very good footballer. And uh, sometimes as well, you've got to say it's a very good goal. And he, he's exploited a gap in the back of the, you know, in a, a gap in the, the back of the Wolves back four. Yeah. Just drove with the ball through it. It's a good goal, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, like I said, I think he could have been stopped two or three times. I've, it, it will be interesting to see, not just the early stages of the season. If the, if the referees are keeping up with this level of officiating with the bookings and so on, almost... If players are worried about taking the cheap bookings like that, in case it comes back to haunt them later on in the game, um, and it, you know it, it was still an early stage of the match, you know there's still you know 60 minutes or whatever still to go, so um, it, it would be interesting. But I think O'Neill will be very disappointed with how Wolves dealt with that. But the story could have been so much different, Jordan. I think between the goal and half time, Wolves probably put the pressure on Brighton a hell of a lot more and the game could have been completely different. Now, Fabio Silva had the ball in the back of the net very early on, which was offside. Um, and then he had the key opportunity, the biggest chance uh, of the game, really, for Wolves, uh, where he beat the offside trap. I thought he, he timed that run brilliantly. But 
I don't know. I think you can give credit to Steele for the save, but for me, Fabio Silva, uh, and and you know we give him a lot of credit on this channel. I had a few people, well, I say a few, one or two individuals tweeting me saying, "Well, why aren't you talking about how bad Fabio Silva was?" I give him a lot of credit, but he's got to be doing better with that opportunity, George. Um, I know he had one eye possibly on the flag. I just don't think he positioned his body quite correctly. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because if Wolves take that chance, more than likely they're going at half time one one, and it's a completely different game. Yeah, 100%. He um, it was right in line with me, actually. And I thought he was offside in real time. But obviously, Estepinian actually played him on. Um, I think Fabio was looking across the line a little bit. Um, but, I mean, again, Premier League, you're in the Premier League now. Like, you know, chances are few and far between, or at least they have been for Wolves over the last couple of seasons. I know our XG would say differently in these first two games. But <laughs> yeah. those are just the sort of chances you've got to be taking, you know. And, and Fabio Silva is a striker. Wolverhampton Wanderers is going to get judged on goals. Mm-hmm. Now, those are chances that he needs to be taken, right? And um, again, I think Steele did, you know, Steele positioned himself extremely well. Um, I think Fabio will be disappointed with it. I think, again, yeah, we are big fans of Fabio Silva, but I think as well, you've got to be fair and offer balance as we are on the, you know, as we do on this channel. And I think. We we're all clamouring for him to start after his cameo at Old Trafford because you know he, he had a fantastic 20, 25 minutes at Old Trafford. I thought he was particularly poor on Saturday yeah, in terms of I his first touch. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he really got into the game, um, and I think it was a confidence thing. I think if he scores a goal, I think he gets one goal for us. I think it'll just start coming and coming and coming. I've got no, I've gotten every faith for that happening, but I think it was just a confidence thing. You know, I think. Um, he just never looked comfortable in that no. scenario with Steele. And um, oh. it was a good save. But yeah, I think if he'd been playing, I think it was, I think if he was involved in the game as he was at Old Trafford and his back was up a little bit, I think he'd have took that chance. I just think yeah. his head was down a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think it almost felt like a nervous performance uh, by Fabio. 100%. Um, but I, I did feel, because there was one chance before the goal where... The ball's played through to him, and it might have been against James Milner, to be fair, but his pace, he looks quicker than... I think he's quicker than what people give him credit for, Fabio yeah, Silva. Yeah. And he, the really good runner started to move. Same with that chance there. I know he didn't put it away, but his turn of pace. And somebody near me in the South Bank was saying, he's crap, he can't finish, he's got no pace, this, this and this and this. And I thought, well, he's already gone on two runs there where he's got the better of a defender and got the right side of a defender. So I think that is, you know, that's quite harsh. But it was... Uh, but don't get me wrong, I don't think O'Neill made a mistake in starting him, George, because that's no, the 11 that every single person, maybe Bar Huang, that's the 11 that everybody would have wanted to start. Um, and like you sort of alluded to earlier, Wolves are fourth in the league for expected goals with 4.5. That's 0.4 behind Aston Villa have scored five goals. Um, and in terms of big chances created, Wolves are in the in the top six in the league as well. So I think that's an encouraging sign for us because... We weren't scoring last season, but for me, it felt like we weren't creating these chances. This season, it's the opposite. We've had two games against two teams that are probably going to be in and around the top six, and we are creating a hell of a lot of uh, the opportunities. It wasn't just Fabio's chance as well, George. We're on the stroke of half-time. I ignore had one as well, and these are, these are the moments, you know. We, we put these away, and we're talking about a completely different game, aren't we? Yeah, 100%. You know, we could have been... I think we could have gone into, you know, a two on a half time. It's everyone's talking about a completely different performance, yeah. and different walls. Um game. I think um yeah, it was a little bit trickier out in the Reese chance. I think it 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 
pounced on him a little bit and he, he sort of, yeah, hit it over the bar. But, you know, again, it was a good ball by Fabio. Um, poked it through and moved through. And, and I think at half-time, I know we were 1-0 down, but being in the concourse and stuff and talking to people, um, everyone was pretty pleased. Everyone was pretty, you know, confident with how, how the first half went. And you thought there was definitely half-time, thought there was something in it still for us. You know, it was we've gone toe-to-toe with them. They haven't, they haven't outclassed us at any point, really, in that mm-hmm. first half. And, you know, it felt like second half, there's, there's you know, there's a definitely goals in it for us. And then it just, as we know, second half happened and, yeah, it didn't exactly go to plan, did it? Yeah, it's still hard to figure out and put a finger on what the hell had happened to Wars in that first 10 minutes. Because Brighton, to be fair, and I know Wars had some encouraging opportunities after those, you know, after Brighton went forward a little Um but, you know, they, they probably were back into first gear, took their foot off the gas because they didn't really need to, need to go for it. But that 10 minutes, George, it started from the, the kickoff, which I've already alluded to, which we actually tried after Matoma's first goal. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. And we lost the ball straight away. And I'm not too sure what, what the thinking behind it is, but obviously we lose the ball. I'm not going to solely blame it on that because I think Wolves have got more than enough time to readjust and get their shape back to what it needs to be. But found it far too easy. And I think it was Danny Welbeck with the initial first shot and it ended up falling into a stupid hand for that second goal. And then Solly March scores the third and fourth. Um, but all, all three of those, Jordan, I think are avoidable and defensively Wolves should have done a hell of a lot better. And plus, even after the second goal, you've got to think, right, let's hold on to the ball for a little bit here. Let's try and, you know, kill any sort of momentum Brighton, Brighton have got. And they just didn't do that. Self-destructed, literally self-destructed. And I think, um, yeah, it was weird because I noticed when the Matoma goal went in, how we lined up for, you know, to restart playing. Aitnery was almost playing like centre midfield, wasn't he? In terms of the, the There was one that, the, the, there was some, weird someone winning. mentioned it to me. He did it, I don't know, it was like middle part of last season where there was almost this <sighs> kick-off tactic that was going about. And yeah. loads of teams in Europe were doing it. And Gary Neal got it for Bournemouth and they scored off it. I think Yeah, Philly it was against Fulham, wasn't it? it was and I think someone, met, someone, game, asked, yeah, someone asked if that was the same thing, but I wasn't quite sure in terms of the shape. I, I don't, don't think, think it was. the same shape because I'm mm. sure that one was almost like a little pass. An overload, wasn't it? And then well, overload. Yeah. And then it, that was, yeah. it was different. But like Aitnery was lining up as a central midfielder, basically, off the kickoffs, uh, Or at least the first two, anyway. Um and then, yeah, you could see we were trying to do something. It was a ball clipped out to Neto, I believe. And it, both times it didn't work. And like I say, you give the ball away. And, you know, I think Saar was extremely poor for the second goal. Um, I, I don't think it was exactly a fantastic effort on goal by Welbeck. And he sort of just, you've got to push it out further away from goal or, or even behind for a corner. And he just pushed it into an area that Matoma has just been able to like, click the ball back to Estepian and it's 2-0. And it was just... That that five minutes just felt like a bit of a madness, even being in the ground and stuff like it. Just felt really weird, and that's how clinical Brighton are, and that and that's why they'll be up the top end of the, the table again this year because they're so clinical and um, regimented, and the way they perform, like you know, the way they go about under Zerbi, the killers, yeah. killers, and and you know it's unbelievable to watch. But they killed that game in ten minutes, and then yeah, we got a goal back and we huffed and we puffed a bit, but they played the game in reverse, didn't they? For since we put the fourth in, they were like so easy for them. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was it was frustrating. I thought Wolves had opportunities to again make the scoreline look closer than, than what it was. George, obviously, we got the goal in the end, which was for Huang. I'll be honest, I've not caught the highlights back. I've not sort of gone out of my way to to do so. So I know they were checking that for VAR. I assume maybe for offside in 
in front of the goalkeeper. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but there was a couple of other of other opportunities. I think Lamina and Cunha hit the bar. Uh, you know, in close quite close together. Eight Nori when Huang had a really nice run. I thought Huang should have shot. He lays it to Eight Nori. He's got to take it first time. So these are the opportunities, and they're the positives that we can take, Jordan. The ball is getting into the right areas. We have played two teams that are going to be towards like the top end of the table. Um, and it, as long as Wolves can cut out the stupid areas like that 10 minutes, there there is still some positivity to take from it. There was a mass exodus. I know Matt had left probably after about 60 minutes. I did stay till the final whistle, to be fair. Uh, what about you, Jordan? Was that, did, you, did you hang on or...? No, I saw Matt sneaking out in his uh, yeah. all all black tracksuit and short combo he had on. Um, <laughs> as soon as the fourth goal went in, to be fair, he was off. Um, no, I stayed till about eighty five, um, yeah. and I was with my mate, and um, he was going into the town, and I, I was going back. I was coming back to Old Winford, and uh, we just looked at each other and just like, should we go? Nah, I, was, yeah. I went and got a dog instead and walked back to my car. <laughs> so. Um, I didn't. I didn't see the Nunes sending off in real time. Um, obviously, had messages about it. Now watched it back. It's extremely petulant for someone who, let's be honest, is a senior figure in this team, which sounds mad to say. Um, a lot, you know, we need him this year more so than we did last year, and he's got that in him, the petulance. And I mean, we might have been bringing it up anyway, but it's just he's let us down big time. I know it's only a one-game ban, but it's a one-game ban against Everton. Yeah, we need to go and we need, we need to go there and win. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah, to go and win. Yeah. He's let us down massively. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk about the red card now because we've pretty much covered everything else. But I thought, you know, we give the referees a lot of stick. I think Andy Madeley on Saturday was extremely consistent, and uh, yeah. I've mentioned the bookings last week. I've already mentioned them this week. I think if it works in your favour, then brilliant. I think there were some things that were very, very soft, like balls being kicked away. Ball's been passed back another five yards, which Brighton got punished for very early on in that game. Yeah, um, yeah. And he had to keep that consistency at 4-0 down, Nunes, or 4-1 down, Nunes, just put the ball on the floor. He doesn't need to throw it back over the Brighton defender's head to get a cheap book in. Um, you know, and that 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 for me was, Nunes wasn't necessarily time-wasting, but it was consistent from the referee. Um, and then, like you say, the, the second booking is just avoidable. That's just frustration. And I think that's something that will come probably with experience over time. I know you said, you know, he's, he's a leader. He's one of the players that has played at the highest level out of this squad. Uh, but he's still a young player and he needs to learn stuff like that. He's unacceptable. You've got to learn to keep your cool. Um, and then frustratingly, you know, we have lost a, a player. And it's annoying because he had a really productive preseason. I thought he had some great moments against Manchester United as well. Um, he had one or two decent moments on Saturday. Probably not as good as, as we wanted it to be. But... Um, a frustrating one, Jordan. I don't know if you got any other points on it. No, it was it was frustrating from a Nunes point of view. I think it's probably we probably you know want to circle back round to a few of the other points. Probably that we need to talk about it around Jose Sar and his mm-hmm. performance and distribution. I mentioned it on the Twitter space. Um, I mean, you, uh, I mean, you could say some of the few of the Brighton players, but I mean, if you said to me, would you want Jose Sar in goal or Jason Steele? In terms of just, you know, off the pub chat, whatever, a lot of people would say, well, Jose Sarr's a better goalkeeper. You know, Jason yeah. Steele was on until I die. He's had a bit of a stinker of a career up until, you know, he's come to Brighton and he's reformed. And you know what? Fair play to him, you know. Um, but the, the ability with the ball from Jason Steele compared to Jose Sarr 
was levels and levels. His distribution and levels was apart. very, very good. I've got to say that. It was very, so, so good. good. And if Gary O'Neill wants to, and again, look, I, I really appreciate the way that Gary O'Neill's trying to play. Um, I like it. I like that we're trying to play on the front foot, press high. Um, and you know what? It's going to take, we are going to take a few defeats and we're going to be exposed at times because we're learning the system, etc. But some of the balls that Jason Steele was playing, especially just from goal kicks, like, you know, sucking on Lamina and Gomez, basically, we're playing, we had six players basically pressing their box. He, a few times he rolled the ball across the across the floor, straight into Nciso's feet, 35, 40-yard ball. Yeah. And Nciso was rolling Dawson and Dawson's getting dragged out and you know, that, that was Dawson's worst game in a Wolves shirt for me as well. Um, I thought him and Kilman were extremely poor. Um, I think that if Gary O'Neill wants to carry on playing the system, that's something we're going to have to look at because Dawson is fantastic um, at defending his box in a low block. But very, very good defender. Kilman has got the turning circle of a tank. Like in terms of, he's not, he's not a quick guy. He's not good. He's not quick. And we got exposed so many times by just clips out, you know, simple balls in between the gaps and in the channels and stuff. And they looked, they, were, they ran us ragged at times. And I think that if that's another, you know, if that's a system that Gary O'Neill wants to play, and I'm all for it, we desperately need some centre arms or we need some pace back there because we've got exposed big time. And that could just be a Brighton thing. But, yeah. you know, it's, took, it's taken Deserby watching us at Old Trafford to go, this is how we're going to play. Play for the yeah. press, spin the back block back four and, and they, they beat us comprehensively in the end so it's something that we need to look at moving forward yeah they were getting dragged out quite easily the defenders um thought there were a couple of times where Samedo probably should have first half especially when it, they were uh, Brighton were attacking south back and I thought gave Matoma a little bit too much space in the wide areas yeah. in terms of you know they're almost allowing him to to you know run into the box where you know that was where Matoma had a lot of joy um and obviously we mentioned Sar as well. I, I agree. I think the distribution from Steele was very, very good. And, and that was the one thing I pointed out on goal kicks. It was like the passes were bypassing our attack, our in midfield, and it was going straight to the, the the front players, which was mental to me. And I don't know if that's how Deserby's almost got them set up to stretch, you know, stretch walls and allow that to happen. That's one thing I, I noticed that how narrow we were against Manchester United, and how compact we were compared to how stretched we were and it felt like Brighton had like you know walls are a man down at times the way Brighton were able to how quick they were able to move the ball forward um it was frustrating I know you mentioned the Twitter space George there I don't know I never had a chance to catch up with you what was I know it's fairly soonish after the full-time whistle but what was sort of the general consensus on there um I think because it was immediately after I think people were a lot more critical um about mm -hmm. how things were going how the game went Critical yeah. about individuals. Saar got a pepper in. Kilman got a pepper in. Which, and again, I, I put a tweet out about Kilman, and then um, <laughs> someone told me that I got Nuno sacked apparently as well. So I shouldn't be slating Kilman. But anyway, that's another thing. Um, and maybe, yeah, you know, Kilman and Dawson were extremely poor. Um, they got they got found out. Um, and yeah, I think people were sort of. I, think, I do think people were fair as well on the space, you know, because I think people were giving a lot of kudos to Brighton. I think that Gary O'Neill got a lot of confidence from that Old Trafford performance. And not saying we didn't respect Brighton, because I think we did, but I think he felt we could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them a little bit, punch a punch. And that you're going against a team that has systematically played that system, regimented into them for the past 18 months or so. Um, yeah. 
and that's where we come, you know, that's where we come unstuck. We just we, we lost out in small moments, and like I say, I don't think it was a four-one game, but we lost out in the small moments. And again, on the space, I said, like you know, if you've got Joe Gomez, Mario Lamina, Mateus Nunes, and you offer, if, and then someone offered you well, you can replace them with Pascal Gross or Billy Gilmore. I don't think anyone would be saying I want Billy Gilmore over New, Nunes or anyone like that. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. system football, functional football. And it's what exactly what we were like under Nuno. You know, when we, we were playing the three five two, the three four three, you know, people have left walls and not had the you know, gone on, you know, Cody's been found out, Bolly's been found out, Sace to some extent can't even get the Doc team well. anymore. Doherty went, yeah, he's now back. Like so you know, players find systems and suit systems and I think that's what Brighton have got. They're they're, they're an ex- a fantastically well run club, managers are unbelievable, and they've got the players there to play the system he wants and People that are already sort of calling out Gary O'Neill, etc. Like, let give him time. I I, I want to see his play this way. And you know what? Still have the faith. Like we're creating chances and stuff. It will turn. You know, XG. I know people don't like it. I'm a believer in it. Like you keep creating that the volume of chances you've got, you will start putting the ball in the back of the net. So just yeah. you've got to stick with it. I think it's disappointing that people like you know two very good teams that we've played and you know play really well in one, not so well in the other. That people can turn their back on on the manager already, or you know, I saw a few Facebook posts talking about how we were relegated and so on. So I know it's a really disappointing performance. It should the the overall ninety minutes should be a hell of a lot better, um, but still, obviously, a long long way to go. One player that we've not really spoke about, Jordan. I thought, you know, despite the defeat, had another really bright game was Cunha. I thought that every time he got the ball. He drove it yeah. forward. He wanted to make something happen. The way he was bringing other players into play, the way he was just gliding past players, it was exciting. Um, really, really exciting. I know a few people have already drawn the comparisons to Adama Traore, but I, I have full faith that because Cunha's in a more central position, I think he will start to have more goals and assists to his game. You know, the, he play, I think he played the ball for the Fabio Silva chance. Um, you know, so there will be yeah, there will be more opportunities, you know, like that for him. Um, but I thought, yeah, Cunha was really, really bright and fingers crossed. It's uh, another, you know, another player that we can, you know, rub our hands together and uh, get excited about every every week. Any other points to add, George, before we bring uh, Brighton chat to a close? Um, I think we've covered it, really. I think, like I say, I think the, the centre-halves playing that system, we need, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm glad the owners were there on Saturday because... It shows that Gary O'Neill, we, we know we need a couple in. We know we need a couple in. And especially if he wants to play that style of football, which are back, then we're going to need different personnel in those positions because Dawson and Kilman, to play to play that sort of high line and aggressive football, I think you need to have a bit of a turn of pace about you. And neither of them have got that. So that's not me discrediting them as footballers. That's just a fact. There's going to be a lot of yeah. space between the goalkeeper and the centre-halves. And that needs to be addressed. And... I said it on the space as well. Um, I think as well, if Gary O'Neill wants to play this way, like what Deserver did with Brighton, he got Sanchez out and put Steele in. Everyone's going, why the hell has he dropped Robert Sanchez? It's because he wasn't that good with his feet. So if you want to play that way, and you've got to almost, and again, drop a little bit of goalkeeping press and Jose Sarr, like if Dan Bentley or Tom King are better on the ball than Jose Sarr, and that's the way you want to play, and there's no money for it. You've got to, you've got to put them in. You've got to pay Bentley or King. Yeah, you've just got to do it, like because you can't play that way with Jose Sarr in goal. We've seen it twice now. We saw it back ends of last season as well. 
distribution's not his strong point. You've got to be bold and brave and, and like I say, drop him and, and put someone behind, between the sticks who can actually play out from the back like you want to do. Because I think that you see with a lot of this style of football now, a lot of, a lot, well, Brighton especially, Jason Steele was the catalyst for a lot of their their, their moves and a, a lot of their, you know, attacks on goal because he's starting it. Mm. He's dragging people in, he's stepping on the ball, and he's playing for the Lions and the go. So if that's how we want to play, if there's a better goalkeeper with the ball at the feet than Jose Sarr, let's make that change now. Mm. That, that'd be my opinion anyway. It, we saw, well, Matt uh, it saw uh, as he was leaving as well, uh, a season ticket thrown on the pitch. It uh, <laughs> ca- caught a few uh, ways on Twitter. It was on a fo- the, the Football Ramble podcast as well today. Um, so that is proper. Game two, I just hope and assume the guy was drinking because that is embarrassing if 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 not. And um, yeah, if you did throw your season ticket on the pitch, I'm sure Wolves will want to speak to you about your replacement or lack of possibly as well. So um, obviously guys, if you're listening to the podcast, you've got any thoughts on uh, the Brighton match or whatever we've said, be sure to drop us a tweet or comment on the video if you are watching on YouTube as well. But George, we look ahead to Everton versus Wolves now. It was a game yesterday at court, uh, Villa Everton, uh, such a comfortable win for Villa um, at Villa Park uh, after a disastrous start to the season uh, against Newcastle for them. Um, Everton, I thought, had an okay week last week against Fulham, but ended up on the on the losing side as well. Uh, but George, you look at this one, the final game, I believe, before the international break, Wolves will want to be trying their best to get something out of this game, won't they? Yeah, we've got one more. We've got Palace away before the international break. Oh, over Palace as well? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got, got tickets away. for that. Uh, is it the second? <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, yeah so yeah, good yeah. job. I'll be there on the wrong week of always. All right, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um yeah, I watched the I watched the Villa Everton game and um Everton are shocking. Yeah. They're, they're really bad. Like Calvert Lewin come back in and again he's getting loads of sticks because he's injured again, but I think he has fractured his orbital to be fair. A nasty clash with Martinez. They've got no McNeil. They've got they've got a few injuries um throughout the side. Yeah. Bereft of confidence. I always think we're going to Goodison. Keep them quite, keep it quiet. Fifteen minutes, it turns toxic extremely quickly. The fact they've lost back-to-back games. If we don't, if we don't concede another goal, just grow into the game. The game's there for the taking. I think they're, I think they're a lot worse than us on paper. And mm-hmm. I'd be extremely disappointed if we don't pick up three points from what I've seen from Everton um, so far. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good job you've said that because I thought Everton was the last one, but we've even got Blackpool next week as well. And I thought, you know, that's weeks away. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, good job. I've got tickets for for, for the Palace game as well. I thought it was like three or four weeks away. Um, yeah, I mean, they were really, really poor. You look at their, uh, you know, they have had their injury problems. I think Iwobi got took a knock towards the end as well, but they'll be disappointed with the goals they conceded because I think a lot of those were far too easy. Um, you know, the, yeah. the penalty was a penalty. It was probably softer than the one we should have had last week. Uh, I think it was Pickford uh, on Watkins. Obviously, John McGinn's goal was so easy from the, the right-hand side. Uh, and I think it was the John Duran, uh, John Duran one, the um, the final goal of the game, which was just atrocious. And I think yeah. Wolves social media would have been in meltdown if we had conceded a, a goal <laughs> like that as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is a big game. Everton have been flirting with the bottom three for the last few years, George. Um, and, you know, even the Palace game, you could say it, it, we've got chance of getting something out out uh, at Selhurst Park. But two away games on the bounce now. 
it is really, really crucial that Wolves um, get something out of the match. Any changes, do you reckon, Jordan? Obviously, Gary O'Neill had started the team that sort of we were sort of wanting. It didn't quite work out, but Nunes is out now. Do you keep the same line and maybe bring Quang in for him? Do you think Pablo Sarabia comes back in? What do you reckon? I, I mean, like I say, I'm a, I'm a big Pablo Sarabia fan. I know he's like Marmite on on on, uh, on Wolves Twitter, but I'm, I'm a big fan of him and I think he's a very intelligent player and I think he did quite well when he came on um, on the weekend, albeit we were 4-0 down when he came on. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would do Sarabia for Fabio and I'd do Huang for Nunes. Um, those would be my two changes. Um, I think there's an argument to say Totti could come in as one of the centre-halves, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know who you drop because I'd say Dor- well, Dawson's, obviously... our, Dawson's our best defender and Kilman's, whether you like it or not, he's the captain, so it'd be very bold for him to drop Kilman. Um, but Totti would give us a bit more agility at the back and a bit more pace. I think it, I think it would probably be maybe a little... I know they had poor games, maybe a bit too early just to sort of, you know... No, I agree with that. Wholesale, wholesale changes after the one defeat. I think these players are good enough to realise the mistakes and how they conceded all four goals on Saturday and hopefully learn from them. Um, well, I think it's going forward, you know, we're creating the opportunities. I think the first name on the scene sheet at the moment is probably Cunha with, you know, yeah. his creativity. Um, and you build around that. I think Lamina and Gomez will obviously keep their place. So it will be it will be interesting to see, you know. So if you started Huang and Sarabia, you play Huang on the left and Cunha back as the as the number nine, I'd assume. Yeah, I think that's what you do. Because I think, um, like I say, I don't think Fabio did enough. Um, and the fact we're going away from home, we've lost Nunes, we probably need a little bit more experience in that starting eleven as well. I think Sarabia coming in gives us that and gives us a bit more, well, a bit more defensive cover because he's not an eight-on-eight striker, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So, like I say, I think the game plan is go there, look to frustrate him for 10, 15 minutes, get the fans, go, you know, turn the fans at Goodison against the team and then just go on and win the game. Mm. Um that's what I think, anyway. I think I think Fabio. I, I think I mentioned this on a video or a preview. The fact that I think it worked works for him throughout preseason and even at Manchester United, where he can come on for the last 20, 25 minutes. He's a young lad, full of uh, energy. You know, can run at the players, get in the right sort of areas. And when you're getting a player that can pick the right sort of areas and find the right spaces against tired defenders, I think you're going to have more joy. Um, so that could definitely be, you know, a, a better idea. But I think Wolves versus Everton do frustrate them as much as we can. Try and maybe get grab an early goal, and I think it Goodison will turn toxic very, very quickly. Uh, but yeah, they obviously have been unfortunate with injuries. But um, it's it's a, it's a winnable game for Wolves. I don't think they're a very good side, like you said earlier, Jordan. And fingers crossed, it can be our first three points of the season. Um, we'll move on to the questions now, George. Uh, we've got a few on here. Uh, Matt's put a few in our agenda, but I'm sure there's loads on Twitter that we could talk about as well. We'll start with Jake uh, Gallagher, who says, hear me out, but could you see Cunha becoming a Joe Linton-type player? He likes to drop so deep anyway, and when he makes those runs forward, he's got no one ahead of him. So I'd assume what he means, George, is possibly playing him as like a number eight rather than a forward, like a number 10 or number nine? I mean, I've heard worse shouts. Yeah. I, I, understand, I understand what he's trying to say. Um, I mean, possibly, but I think it's too early for that shout. To be fair, too early as well. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I wouldn't want to see it. I wouldn't want to see it yet. Like you say, I think you know he's, he's had his first full preseason. 
let's give him, you know, I think Joe Linton had a season up top. He, he like could hit a barn door with a banjo, could he, Joe Linton? He was awful. No, That's no, why they had no, to do what they had to do. He was, yeah, but I think Cunha is showing signs of promise and stuff, and you don't get called up to the Brazilian national team if you shit as well. Fantastic so, achievement. Yeah. 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 So it's one of those things. I think give him the season. I, I still think he'll get us. I still think he'd get double figures for us this year, Cunha, quite comfortably goals. Mm. Um, anywhere between sort of ten to fifteen, I think. I think that's doable. No, well, if we could get double figures, I think that'd be amazing. Amar's music show when the big guns from Fosun came to Molyneux, which we will talk about a little bit more in a sec, and watched us lose at the start of last season. It culminated in the club spending money on players. Example: Nunes. Do you think it'll be the same again after Guao was at Molyneux this weekend? So, again, my my opinion on, on Fosen and what's going on at the moment is different to probably what's being portrayed in the media. Now, I notice it's sort of changed a little bit recently around FFP and that being sort of the rhetoric as to why we can't spend. I think the reality is Fosen have turned the taps off because they, they don't, you know, they're not seeing a return on their investment anymore and they're quite happy for Wolves just to remain in the Premier League. Yeah. Now, them coming on the weekend, you know, having the first initial conversation with Gary O'Neill, seeing us lose 4-1 to Brighton, we're a team I think we're looking to try and model ourselves on now, more so than going, you know, and spending loads of money at it like we, we tried to do when we first come in. Um, I, I think I think there is money there, and I think I think from FFP, there's around about 55 million. Approximately, we could actually spend now if we really wanted to. Um in funds this window um, that aren't amortised over the duration. So, yes, we could if we wanted to, if in terms of by complying with the law. But yeah. if they want to or not, that's completely different. I think there's also, you know, there was obviously problems with Lopetegui behind the scenes. He's asking and screaming for Alex Scott. And maybe they're looking at going, why would we give you 25 million quid when you're telling us you want to leave? Like, it could yeah. be that as well. It might be that they met Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill goes, right, I want X, Y and Z go right here we go is whatever money whether those are permanents loan deals or even loans to you know with an obligation to buy next window if ffp is more of a factor than what people believe then so be it but i, I think there could be some well there's got to be incomings in there let's be honest there's yeah got to be. well it's just over a week uh <clears throat> till the end of the when is the deadline normally it's a f- the first but that's a friday so it'll either be end of next Thursday or Friday. I'm not 100% sure where the deadline is. Uh, but yeah, I just noticed Gua wearing all the uh, the Wolves merch as well. Normally in a nice little suit and tie where you come in the old, uh, the coat, the, I mean, the jacket, the cap. Uh, he was loving it, wasn't he? So, um, well, he wasn't loving the performance, I'd assume, but let's wait and see. <laughs> Hayden, uh, Hayden said, on a whole, the last three seasons have been pretty boring to watch and the early signs under O'Neill are that games are going to be more exciting, but will be more end-to-end. Even though the fan base want a different type of football, how long do you give it before some will start to panic? I think some have probably already started panicking, George. I think, but yeah. I think, like I said earlier, if we go into the international break in two weeks' time and we haven't got a point to show for it, I think there's going to be some concerns, isn't there? Yeah, I think people are panicking far too early as it is at the moment. I think I think it's okay to panic a little bit if we if we lose at Goodison on on the weekend. I, I really think that's. Fair then to probably moan about it, but at the end of the day, like Fosen have created this, um, you know, like it's not Gary O'Neill's fault, it's not the players' fault. He stands still in the Premier League, he gets solid up. Now, 
there has been lack of investment in the squad, in the playing squad. Um, I don't think if you panic, you know, the we can panic and say what we want to say, but it's not Gary O'Neill's fault. And if those are not going to put the money in the back pocket anyway, what's the point in panicking over something you can't control? You've just got mm. to back. The, you've got to back the process and hope. You know, if we if we go into the international break in, with zero points from four games, then you've got thirty four games to go and win more points. And I know that's not what fans want to hear, and certainly not what I want to believe either. But if those aren't going to put the money in the back pocket, what can you do? You've mm. brought in Gary O'Neill, who, who believes in numbers, believes in data, believes in a style of football. Got to back it. Just got to back yeah. it. Yeah, I think. Um... <sighs> I, I, we do. I mean, we're, I, I'd like to see sort of a comparison. I mean, August historically has never been a, a good month for Wolves in terms of getting points ever since we've come back into the Premier League. Never, ever been a good month. You know, Nuno went the first month without a win. I know we got a point on the opening day against West Ham, but yeah, Nuno went the first month without a win. Um, and the first two seasons, I think. And obviously, we finished both of those in, in decent areas. So I think Everton are a team that are going to be down there. Palace probably going to be a bottom half team so you'd hope you know if Wolves could come out the other side of this with three well between three and six points I think that'd be that'd be uh, decent but we'll we'll have to wait and see but it's going to be a different style of football um, I think there's another question which I'll ask about that in a, in a second as well um, Donnie has said as Wolves defence was being destroyed on Saturday a certain centre-back was playing a starring role for Brentford George you'll like this one fans there were <laughs> raving about him hope all who slated him meaning Nathan Collins uh, he's happy now. Samada, the worst right back in the league. I think it's very harsh. Kilman, the worst centre back in the world. And Dawson, I'm in my 40s and I'm quicker than him. Uh, right. So Nathan Collins won. George, uh, yeah, opening games for him at Brentford seemed to be, you know, the Brentford fans seemed to like him. A player that was sold because Lopetegui didn't want him and Lopetegui walked out. So at the moment, that looks like a very stupid decision, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And there's people kept telling me that I can't believe what what does George see in Nathan Collins? Well, just search him on, on Twitter and see what I saw in him and what other people saw in him because he, he's a good footballer. There's just no two ways about it. Good footballer. Should have been playing at the back along for me alongside Dawson last year. I think he's a better defender than Kilman. Um, but now we've sold him and he's gone because Lopetegui didn't fancy him. Um, which is a shame because O'Neill might have. Um, and we're, we're screaming out for a centre half now, so it makes no sense. Yeah, uh, Samedo, worst right back in the league, very harsh. I'm sure you'd agree. Just, uh, just, they're just an absolute nonsical comment. <laughs> I can't even. I'm not even going to. Yeah, move on. Yeah, Kilman, worst centre back in the world. You'll probably agree with that one. To be fair, no, that's also, <laughs> no, that's also nonsensical. It's, 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 yeah. That's nonsense. But um, uh, and, yeah, you know my thoughts on him anyway. Yeah. And and Donnie is quicker than Craig Dawson. I think if anyone's listening from Wars, you could set up a race, to be fair, possibly. See, oh, no. yeah, he's not quick, but I'm sure he's quicker than yeah. most of us anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say that um, Donnie isn't quicker than Craig Dawson because I've seen Craig Dawson. He's not extremely quick, is he? Let's be honest. With so if Donnie was a 100-metre sprinter back in his day, I'm sure he will beat Craig Dawson. Yeah, there was one thing as well that uh, I didn't. We didn't mention George as well. It's not a question. Uh, we didn't mention it during the Brighton sec, uh, section. It was about Neto. So Neto played on the right last week against United. He played on the right again this week against the weekend against Brighton. Again, he was picking up some really nice positions. But for me, 
he just kept trying too much. He was cutting it back all the time. And I think Brighton found that out quite quickly. I think if he was able to pick up those positions on his left, uh, I don't know. What, what do you reckon? So watching him, um, I thought he had a really good game at Old Trafford. Probably as good as I've seen him since he's come back from his knee injury. Yeah. Um, I was watching him quite closely on uh, Saturday. Now, the first couple of times he got the ball, he tried to take Estepinion down the line and try and basically... I think the one, he, he succeeded in taking it round him, but the touch was awful and went out of play, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, then I think he tried to go the byline against him a couple of times, Estepinian, got no change out of him and started cutting inside, but he was running into all the traffic. Um, so I just think Estepinian had his number, if I'm honest with you, on the weekend. Net, um, Neto versus Milner, for me. Oh no! Yeah. Why not play him on the left, or or even it can happen during games where you swap wingers occasionally, maybe every twenty minutes or so, or swap the sides. They, they did swap for about five minutes in the first half, and then they didn't do it again. Him and Nunes swapped for a little bit, but yeah, I just think Esther Pinyan had Neto's number. Like you know, Neto had a great game um, against Luke Shaw at Old Trafford and got the better of him, and I just think Esther Pinyan got the better of him on the weekend. It can happen. I just don't like. Again, we're not football coaches. We don't spend six days a week at Compton with the players. But if I'm looking at James Milner, who's going to be starting for Brighton, I'm pinning my most talented and quickest winger against him. I don't know James Milner's a good player, experienced. He's going to know at times the right things to do. But in a foot race, he's not going to beat Pedro Neto. So, right. But Nunes is a player who's obviously got a bit of pace about him, but I think he likes to run from deep with the ball, not necessarily sort of bearing down on the wing. So I, and I don't think that worked in his favour so much, but Neto versus Milner for me would have been one to at least try for more than, like you said, five minutes anyway, but who knows? Um, it'll be interesting to see if he picks up that right-hand side position again. Uh, Charlie WWFC 37, he said, Alfie Pond is now seemingly the fourth choice centre-half at the club. Do you think he could be included much this season? So I think he started for the 21s tonight. Centre-back okay. George will be an interesting one over the next 10 days or so to see if Wolves bring anyone in. I saw that Elvedi was again omitted from the Munchie Gladbach side and their reason was in order not to endanger a possible transfer through an injury. So it sounds like something is imminent for him. It sounds like Wolves have been the main team linked with him. It's just whether Wolves want to put their hand in their pocket. But with with deals like this, Wolves may well be wait, using the waiting game because the closer to next Friday it gets, the transfer value for Elvede surely is going to come down and down and down and Wolves have got more room for negotiation. Because they they if they want money, they have to sell him this summer. Yeah, yeah, and it's either, yeah, like you say, it's either that or we, have, we truly haven't got a pot to piss in and we're just yeah. playing them. Um, but again, like, I think it was obviously a rumour that came back when Lopetegui was in, was it still at Wolves? Um, O'Neill might not fancy him. It might be as simple as that. Or O'Neill yeah. might not, you know, he might not have enough data on him or watched him enough to make a, an opinion on him. Um, we definitely need, he was screaming out for a centre-half. Like 100%. Like I say, yeah. I, think, I think we need two mobile centre-halves to play the system he wants to play. But again, what I'll do for this window for sure. Um, Alfie Pond, I've not seen a lot of him. I can't. I can't. I think we got him from Cheltenham, did we? Yeah. He's from Cheltenham. Um, come with like, a good reputation. I think it'd be extremely unfair to chuck him in in the Premier League game, um, untested. He might see that he might play against Blackpool. And that might be a good uh, yardstick to just see how he... How he how he is in the Carabao Cup game, but yeah, I think it's unless he's a world beater, which 
it can't be because he'd already be playing for Wolves. Um, he'd already be playing in this team. Then I think it'd be very unfair to stick him in at a Premier League level. Um, we, we, need, we need help. We need recruits. Yeah. So he came from Exeter, sorry, not Cheltenham. Oh, sorry. Um, but I think next week could be an interesting one against Blackpool to see if he starts. I think him and Totty would be maybe a little bit too much of a risk. I think you'd possibly start, to be fair, you might start Totty and Dawson and, or Kilman. Um, but he may, he may get some minutes in that game or Wolves might well look to, to loan him out. I think there were teams, Cheltenham might be one of the teams linked to him, Jordan. I think Shrewsbury okay. were, had been linked to him as well. Uh, but from... Football League, people, I think I've said it before, people I've spoken to at Football League, he's a very, very highly rated young defender. So, we'll uh, we'll, well, we'll have to wait and see on that. He may well get some opportunities. Um, Andrew Ward, who replaces Gary O'Neill? This guy's clearly out of his depth and it's time for him to go. That's genuinely a question. Well, that's genuinely what somebody had said. So, two games into the... Uh, the season, and uh, I wonder why Matt's put that one on there for us to discuss, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's done that, and he, he's not on the pod. Um, just stupidity, like I said. Like I think at the end of the day, Gary O'Neill's at Wolverhampton Wanderers now. He's been given a three-year deal. Whatever you think about Gary O'Neill and the way he came in and the circumstances of that, you've got every opinion of that. I think it's extremely naive and rash to, to rule him out just yet. Um, I think that at the end of the day, it's not his fault he's here. Um, yeah. He obviously applied for the job and he wanted the job, but it's not his fault he's here. You know, he's been appointed by Fosen in very testing circumstances where he can't, can't well, so we're told, can't spend any money. Got to work with what he's got. And he's trying to implement mm. a, a style and a system which he believes in. Um I think that he might have to adapt if we get to six, seven, eight games where we're picking up negative results. I think it almost feel, at that point it almost feel a little bit soul back and when he replaced McCarthy trying to play a system and style with the wrong set of players. Um, but I don't think that is the case. We, we're creating chances. We should have got something out of United. We probably should have won the game, let alone got a point out of it. And we had 10 minutes of madness against Brighton. So I think you know we're unlucky to be on zero points at the moment. I think yeah. at least one would have been fair. Um, just got to back him, like I said. Like I think it's siege mentality. Back Gary O'Neill, back the players that are there. Um, and maybe I've got to take my own words of advice there when I'm getting on Saar or Kilman's back. But mm. it's true, like you know, I, I mean that in, in jest. It's you've got to, you know, he's easier. Like what you know, it's two games in, give him a break. I very, think. very harsh. Definitely, yeah. yeah, I've seen enough, I've seen enough, especially at Old Trafford more so. That gives me a lot of positivity around the appointment um i'm not saying he's the most glamorous appointment but nuno wasn't either when he came in just, yeah. just give him some time give him a chance and see where we go uh it'll be interesting to see well i think i compared it to the bruno large thing last week where and, and you sort of said it there as well where you know three or four games which were really really good and large almost changed the way we played and it was more boring, you could say, a lot more negative. It got the job done for 75% of the season. Unfortunately, you know, lost a little bit of momentum and it, that ultimately cost uh, Bruno Large possibly even his job. I know, you know, he lost his job maybe six months after that. But without that yeah. momentum, you know, Wolves could have even been in Europe. Um, we'll finish on one. Jonah as well uh, it, it put a question. When playing a team like Brighton, you have to see teams adjust. Uh, their structure and style of play, like setting up more defensively. But what are your thoughts on Gary O'Neill staying with quite a positive and aggressive setup? 
Uh, I think the aggressive side, they weren't too aggressive or not aggressive enough, Jordan, on, on Saturday. But is this naive from O'Neill or quite brave? I think, you've, I think you've still got to have full belief in your own way of playing, haven't you? I think, you know, of course, you're going to look at teams like Manchester United and it's very or Manchester City and it's very rare that people are going to play front-footed football. But at the same time, you don't want to change your structure too much that you're, you know, you're changing the way you play every single game. No, I think I touched on it a bit earlier on. I think he got a lot of confidence from that old, uh, the performance at United and maybe it was a little bit naive to probably, he just thought, well, we'll just do what we did at Old Trafford again. And Brighton yeah. uh, were too were just too cute for us. Um, and, and that's what happened. I think he's a very inexperienced manager still. I know he had um, some youth team coaching with Liverpool set up in the academy there. Then he had the Bournemouth job. Um, and he's coming to us, but maybe he's a little bit naive too. But again, like I think he's very confident and self-assured in himself, especially how he comes across in interviews and stuff. And he believes in the style and philosophy, and good on him. Like if that's the way he wants to play, there might be a few teething problems with that. We might take a few defeats, but at the end of the day, asking a lot of Wolves fans before the ball was kicked before the start of the season, everyone was had written us off anyway. A lot of the media had written us off. Um, I, you know, I think there's a good argument to say if Gary O'Neill comes seventeenth this season, he's done a, he's done his job. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think the playing squad and the ability we've got is better than that. A few places, positions higher than that. But you know, if he if he keeps in the league this year, he's done he's done his, he's done his job. So yeah. I think he'll I think he'll do that as well. I, I think we'll do yeah. it comfortably still. No need yeah. no need to panic here just yet. Two games gone. We should, you know, and obviously very disappointed in the matter and the way that we lost on, on Saturday. But I think there's still plenty of time to go and still winnable games coming up for Wolves. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. It should be a release next Tuesday. Our reaction to that game against Everton. Hopefully it's celebrating uh, three points, of course. Uh, as I've learned today, we do play Blackpool next Tuesday and Crystal Palace <laughs> week on Sunday as well. So I'll make sure I need to sort my travel plans and actually sort tickets out for the Blackpool game as well. Um, George, it's been a pleasure and it's just been the two of us, but we've managed to chat all about football, especially despite a disappointing weekend. A lot of good fun. Where can people find you if they wish, mate? Um, so at George Rush seven on Twitter and Instagram, um, also on LinkedIn. If you didn't know, Jordan <laughs> Russell. Uh, I was going to say as well. Um, plan is to do another space as well after the Everton game. I'm sure. Well, Dave, you'll be going. I'm here. I'm not going. I'm not actually going. going. No, I got. To, I'm not going. I'll, I'll be working. But so I'll watch the game. But I'll be. I'll come in the space with you after. Yeah. So we'll we'll do the space again. My, um, Emma's going away with her mum and dad with the animals. Um, so I've got a bank holiday weekend to myself. Bosh, Bosh. we should do it it down the pub then, George. Yeah, we'll go Wombin Pool Bar, mate. Yeah, yeah, we'll do the pool bar. Side (laughs) out, pool bar space. Talking Wolves meet up live. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, good day. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm at, at Dave as a party everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, obviously the LinkedIn as well. And um, we're at Talking Walls everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter uh, for all the latest Walls news and transfer rumours. If you enjoyed today's uh, podcast, if you're listening on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or, or Spotify, be sure to leave us a review. Enjoy your week, guys. Fingers crossed it's three points on Saturday against Everton. And we will catch you all very, very soon.